0: The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. When I used to take the New York Times on Sunday, that great, big, fat thing, I often failed to get through the paper but i always made sure to read two features immediately now the first one's not going to surprise you i always turn to the book review section and i read by the book a question and answer style interview with an author about his or her reading habits a great source for to be reads my second must read might surprise you however for It is in the fashion section of the paper. It's Bill Cunningham's photo essay, On the Street. Now, Bill Cunningham was an amazing photographer who began his life in an Irish Catholic family and made a very short stop at Harvard and was encouraged to become respectable by his family, but he loved fashion too much. First, becoming a milliner and then realizing that women's hats were on their way out and no way to make a living. So, he became a fashion writer and photographer. Then, in the 60s, he realized that the real story was out there on the street. He then spent over four decades on the streets of New York documenting what average and some not so average New Yorkers were wearing how they were wearing it, and why they were fabulous. I no longer take the Sunday Times, but I still have a digital subscription, which means I can still read the book review. But Bill Cunningham is gone, having died at 87 a couple years ago. I still miss him gliding around New York on his bicycle, snapping his weekly photo montage, where he might focus on a particular trend that week, women in animal prints of all kinds, men lightening up the boring dark blue suit or chalk stripe by topping it on a, fas- a fabulous overcoat that is a tomato red, or maybe a dusty pink with the seams on the outside. He's done series on umbrellas, one on women commuting in their fabulous attire, but on those little scooters that now litter our sidewalks. What's lovely about Bill's photographs and later the short videos he put together was just how loving and democratic they were. He photographed... All people, the 1% who could afford the chicest of clothes and attend the most exclusive parties. Vogue editor Anna Wintour herself noted that we all get dressed for Bill. But he also photographed the average person just as often. He loved street style, young men in baggy pants, office workers who put together a snazzy outfit from the thrift store and he didn't care what color or race, gender or class you were, as long as you had pizzazz. Bill loved movement and creativity. In a world that encourages us to grays and browns, my favorite colors, a world that encourages us to fit in, Bill looked for the spark, looked for the light in each person, and then, using his camera, as the eye of love he would focus on individuals, capturing the beautiful in the average, in the everyday, and then sharing it so we all could see. How I wish, how I wish that we all looked that way at one another at the world all the time through lenses focused in love looking closely prepared to see beauty prepared to be amazed at one another. After all we follow a God who joined us in the flesh becoming incarnate joining us in our bodies the word, the Son, became flesh and dwelt among us By taking on our flesh, God made what was already God's own beloved creation and made it infinitely beautiful and radiant. Yet for too long, too many forces have told us our bodies are bad or unlovable or shameful. We can blame Greek philosophy, which taught us that matter is less than spirit, we can blame all kinds of varieties of religion that were warped from believing our bodies to be precious and worthy of respect into teaching that bodies are things to be covered and ashamed of, meaning that the, bo- that the body and anything we did with it was closely linked to corruption and sin. Eating became gluttony. Sex became mere lust. We can blame Madison Avenue and all those who want to sell us things, clothes and creams, diets and gym memberships, which means they must convince us that we are unlovely as we are. I could keep going, but you know what I'm talking about. For to be human these days is to, in some ways, be always dissatisfied with ourselves and often judgmental of others. And yet we ought not, we must not hate the flesh that God took on and redeemed for all things came into being through him. What has come into being in him was life and the life was the light of all people. For in this season of Christmas, as we hear yet another birth story of Jesus, this one cosmic, another creation story like the one at the beginning of Genesis rather than the one we hear on Christmas Eve happening in a manger. In this season, we try again to get our heads around the scandalous notion that our Lord deigned to join us here, here in the flesh, so that we might grow in likeness Of him. It's a wild notion, (laughs) it's a wild event, but it changes everything just as the cross does, just as resurrection does. God joining us means that as the poet and hymn writer Brian Wren wrote, good is the flesh that the Word has become, Good is the birthing, the milk in the breast. Good is the feeding, caressing, and rest. Good is the body for knowing the world. Good is the flesh that the word has become. Wren's poem set to music and sung in many churches goes on to describe how the flesh, our bodies, are good from cradle to grave. Whether happy in clothing or lovingly bared, for good is the pleasure of God in our flesh, longing in all as in Jesus to dwell, glad of embracing and tasting and smell. God longs to dwell in all of us as God dwelled in the flesh of Jesus all those years ago. How can we ever spurn the flesh the body, our own or others, even when our bodies age, even when we become disabled, even when our bodies embarrass us or let us down? How can we spurn the flesh, the body, when God loves it, us so dearly that God joined us in it, then handed over his body for us, hands over that body daily, weekly, right here at the altar. Now, lest you think that I'm bringing in some newfangled, fancy 21st century thinking, suggesting our bodies are as important as our souls, please hear these words from the the 10th century Saint Simeon, the new theologian, who wrote of how our love for Christ's body and God's joining us means that all is made beautiful. He wrote, for if we genuinely love him, we wake up inside Christ's body where all our body, all over, every most hidden part of it is realized in joy as him. And he makes us utterly real. And everything that is hurt Everything that seemed to us dark, harsh, shameful, maimed, ugly, irreparably damaged, is in him transformed and recognized as whole, as lovely, as radiant in his light, he awakens as the beloved in every last part of our body. Because love came down at Christmas, love all lovely, love divine, because from God's fullness we have all received grace upon grace, we are part of the beautiful body of Christ. Because God joined us as an infant in the stable, we know that everything has become a you and nothing is an it, as Auden says. This Christmas, let us turn that eye of love on ourselves and on one another, looking for the light that came into the world, the spark in one another and in all creation, focusing our lens so that we might see what we are, beloved, beautiful.